Welcome, welcome to Freaked Out with your co-hosts, Liz and Landon. What's up, everybody? Last week, we had so many people join the exclusive side of Podbean and became patrons. So it was so nice to welcome all of our new members. And if you haven't yet, I recommend it. I am going to give a shout out to the top patrons this week. Without your support, we wouldn't have been here week after week. We love this podcast so much. You guys are amazing for the continued support. JJ Starkey, Faith Shores, CV Baby 0831, and Terry Enz. Woo! So today we will be talking about the Kiara Coles case. Now, this case has very little information and has not gotten a lot of attention it needed, and we're going to make sure to cover as much as we can. On October 2nd, 2018, a 26-year-old postal worker by the name of Kiara Coles, who was eagerly expecting her first child, mysteriously disappeared in her own neighborhood. Kiara Coles was about three months pregnant when she vanished on Chicago's south side. Her car was found in front of her apartment with her phone and packed lunch still inside. The Chicago Police Department considers the case a high-risk missing persons investigation with potential foul play suspected. There's still no resolution, leaving her heartbroken mother desperate to know if her daughter is even alive or dead for that matter. For Cole's mother, Karen Phillip, having no answers, it's torturous. Phillip said police have not provided any information whenever she called over the last year. The police were not available enough to put large efforts into this case, and it seems like nothing was even done to search for her. Kira's mom was brushed off a lot as this hasn't been a high priority. All they have really done is made a statement stating, anybody with knowledge of her whereabouts, contact the Chicago Police Department. The Chicago Police Department didn't respond to Phillips' claim as they ignored her calls, but in a statement to the ABC News, the police department says it urges, we seek any and all information in attempt to locate her and we won't stop until we do. This type of thing is the exact type of case that shows us how much white women privileged comes from. For instance, Gabby Petito... Now, I'm not saying what happened to her was okay, but her case had so much media attention. So much so that Dog the Bounty Hunter and the FBI were involved on her case, but we can barely find a damn thing about Kiara Coles. That is another reason I didn't want to cover Gabby, if I'm going to be honest. In the back of my mind, I knew if I had made a case about Gabby on TikTok, I would have easily gotten two, three million views. But someone like Kiara, not much at all, breaks my heart, honestly. So that's why we're here. So let's share this podcast so she can get some answers. I also wanted to mention that even though I may not necessarily have all the details, but I may say something that may spark something with somebody else. So the more people that listen, the absolute better. So let's get some light on this. You ready to dive in? I think so. Are you feeling her still with us? I hate saying this with my entire being, but I do not feel like she is alive at all. I feel her beautiful energy. She's a warm one. She is pretty invested in flowers and she likes to shine down on her family and friends. She loves her family so much. She is happy that they have put so much effort into her case. It makes her feel so appreciative. And she wants her family to know that God was with her the entire time. She said that she knows that there are going to be some very disturbing details that come into this case, but she just needs her story to be told and it's about time. 
She and I have been working for about a week trying to figure out all the details. I got much more than I even anticipated, so we're very excited to give her story. My first question for her is about the baby. Did she get to meet them, and are they with her? She wanted this question to be her first. She shows me boy energy. She shows me pictures of him, like his hair so perfect. She said that he had the fullest head of hair and like little jerry curls, and she always really wanted that as well. She said that they're together and she will always be with him. She shows me that he is growing and running around and her parents may see a lot of blue items around and white feathers. That's from his perfect little wings. The feathers would be small. At least she's with her son and I'm glad he brings her so much joy. Let's start off with her story. What was going on before she went missing? She shows me she was having one of those days where she was rushing and having moments where she just was kind of out of sorts. She said that she didn't pay attention to what was going on around her and of course the day she ran into the situation. She shows me she was in her car for a long time and she shows me she was looking things up just doing a few things she had planned to do and hadn't really had the chance to do and her and her boyfriend had been fighting hard. It looks like it was a day off for her and she and him were just having a few moments and from what she shows me, they were having like a cooling down period at that time of the day. Her boyfriend's name was Joshua Simmons. And from what I had seen written on all the information we had, that he disappeared pretty much from the time she went missing and just ran away from this state and this case and didn't want to even assist when it came to Kiara's case. If you ask me, sounds a little fishy. She shows me that the two of them were fighting about his social life. She said she did share some details with her mom and friends about it, but everyone kept telling her to leave him. But from what I feel, she shows me she didn't want to do that. She loved him and didn't want him to leave, and she didn't want him to have the life that she envisioned for her child. Uh, she just wanted everyone to think he was working on himself and being better, and she shows me that the exact opposite had been taking place. She said that he got very abusive towards her. She would like to discuss a few of those details, too. I feel so bad for her. Me, too. She shows me that she had so many signs with him and somehow justified it in her head that she deserved to be treated like shit. She shows me that she rushed into it with him, and he always told her that she trapped him with a baby, even as soon as two days after the baby was announced. She felt like he was just a hookup, or at least that's what he wanted, and it ended up becoming a relationship. She said he was a beautiful man, and his hair and his smile is what pulled her in. She said that she felt love at first sight. And for three days and three nights, they had an amazing time. She said that was the moment she fell in love with him. And although things are moving fast, she felt like he was the one. We've all been there, meeting someone and feeling like they are the one and then pretending those other red flags don't exist, trying to hold on to those good moments and forgetting all the toxic things that take place. And when they show you that good side, we forget it all over again. Absolutely. I also struggled with that as well in my past, so I understand this situation more than I'd like to. She shows me she dealt with a lot with him. He cheated on her a lot with people from his past, even when she was working and in her own home. She says that she didn't know about that part until after she had passed on, but she said that she had seen it pretty much take place and she was suspicious about it, but he didn't really cop to anything. When we talk about him, she pulls inward like she's fearful of him. 
and it has taken me a little bit of time to be able to get all this information out. From the sounds of it, she's still scared even in the afterlife. She isn't scared of him for herself, but for the other person or the two that he's been with, she shows me that the night before she went missing, that they had a really big fight. It was like um, a small blow up about the pregnancy. And he was upset for her for something very minor. She said it blew up into some major level. And from there, she shows me he was over it. Over her nagging him, disconnecting, not giving two shits about it. She said that they went to the bed pretty much angry and was fighting. She shows me that he went out or something, didn't talk to her. He didn't uh, message her back on her phone. Seems like that really upset her because he turned off his phone, obviously. And she shows me that she cried a lot that night. She shows me that she ended up falling asleep and she doesn't remember him coming home at all. I don't believe she fell asleep in her bed, though, because she shows me her facing the door. And when she woke up, she saw his shoes. She was relieved, but she was also very mad. Tell us what happened next. Well, from what I'm being shown by her, she was mad. She went off on him again. And from what she shows me, he yanked her hair. She shows me he dragged her. And she also shows me she ended up leaving because she was upset. Now, here's the part where I don't really understand. She shows me she went out. And I don't know if it was to a store or she was dropping something off. But she had money. Uh, she also had a lunch going. So that part was kind of confusing. She didn't spend money and I don't feel like she was in some sort of right mindset. And she shows me she didn't really pay attention to what was going on around her. She shows me that she was in a rush and she realized she had left her item back in the house or something. I'm not certain about that part too much. She shows me she went back for just a moment and things escalated again. This is the last time she was alive publicly? Yes. She shows me she went back inside, and this part may be a bit graphic, but please be aware. She shows me he was doing something pretty bad when she came back to the house. I don't know if it was like a video call or something along those lines, but she shows me he was doing something with a woman on a call, and I feel like he may have been like ejaculating or jerking off. She said that she had just seen red and started to get really, really upset. Now, he is a bigger guy and he has a bad temper already. And she said that he fought hard. He pushed her. He ended up breaking her neck. He noticed that she didn't get back up after about 15 minutes after he had pushed her. Um, from what she's showing me, it was definitely in the bedroom and like he pushed her back and she must have hit her head on something as well before she went down. And then I think he lifted her back up and then um, that's when he broke her neck when he pushed her back down really hard. He came over to check on her and she didn't move. Now from what she shows me, he carried on with his day and he thought she was being like dramatic. He finally realized that he had killed her and even felt like he kicked her a few times in the side, which he was really pissed off. So he was kind of just trying to intimidate her, I guess. Um, she didn't really move and he didn't know what to do. She shows me he was panicking and pacing and wasn't intentional, but he didn't do anything to prove otherwise. She wants young women to know that when your partner is escalated, try not to escalate it harder. She said to make sure you proceed with caution and escape as quickly as possible. 
please leave. Even if you are pregnant or children, she says it's not worth it. In my mind, I thought by staying, it was the best option for the baby is what she tells me. And to have a home that wasn't broken in her mind. She didn't realize that this was the broken parts. Staying is never the answer. Make sure to make a plan and find a way out. It may take some time, but plan and finding a way out safely is the best way. What did Joshua do next? I see that he had a cousin that he trusted with his life. I feel like he had a conversation with his cousin, but maybe from like another phone. Not sure if he already had a burner phone, but it looks like he does. He took a call and his cousin seemed to have known what to do, uh, who also seemed to be about 10 years older than him as well. He guided him on what to do, which was find a place for the body, do the body removal at night, and then leave before people start asking questions and destroy the evidence. He decided to do exactly that. Did he dispose of the body close to her hometown? Not at all, actually. About midway to where he ended up, and I'm unsure of where he is, or was. I even feel like he left that place too. It's hard for places unless I see monuments to show me the location. I just see a grave. May even have been a fresh grave. I feel like he put her in a graveyard. And although he's a disgusting person, he felt guilty about killing her to a certain degree and wanting to make sure that she was at least buried in the ground. I don't know if it's above or below another coffin. He didn't do it anywhere near where he lived at all at the time either. And I'm being shown that this cousin also was there um, and I think they like met up at this place to bury the body. Did anyone outside of these two men see anything? I think there's also a cousin to the cousin but I don't feel like Joshua's cousin so yes a third person. Now here's one person that they did not know about. There is a neighbor who had seen something outside of her window of him disposing of a body I feel a few things. I feel like she's an older woman, so maybe around the age of 75. She lives in a small place and has very little and also very little money. She does not drive and she also lives alone. She had always been watching this couple. I don't feel like she knows exactly what happened this time, but witnessed a few of their fights. I feel like she was scared to say anything and I understand it. She hasn't since moved. Thank God. I don't feel like this man knows anything about her either. Again, thank God. I do, however, feel like the details she does have, she should come forward with, but she has a lot of fear. Also, the guilt does bother her as well. She's seen things happen and no one caring about anything that happened, so she kind of feels jaded as well. She said you keep your mouth shut because of fear. It's what Kiero basically is telling me, especially in her neighborhood. She said her and the older woman had several conversations. The older woman's heart breaks and she has some crucial information. She may even have some video footage and that would be also helpful. I don't know if the footage is of the actual incident, but she says it's on a cell phone and coming from a window in this woman's house and it's hard to hear anything other than breathing, but does catch his face and something he carried over his shoulders from looking like a lumpy rug. She found that also very odd. Will she ever come forward? She has contemplated it a few times and I feel like she may even be getting sicker in her older age. I feel like she only has about five years left to come forward and give these details before she isn't able to do so. Perhaps health-related issues will stop her as well. 
she does struggle a lot and she may end up doing it at some point but she has even thought about sending it anonymously and she shows me that the angle of her place would kind of like out her so she's kind of worried to do that. She's not even referring to the bad guy. She's referring to the police. She said that she had seen some things and doesn't trust the authorities with that information and worried that they will hurt her. That's what Kiera feels about the older lady. Imagine living in a world where we can't trust the authority to do their damn job. It makes me sick to my stomach. If ever there was a situation where I would need someone to come to my aid, and based on my other appearance, I am treated inhumanely. Sometimes these things are out of control. I can't wrap my mind around it, though. I wish that everyone was treated the same. I agree. If the police took things seriously, and I get it, sometimes things aren't serious, but every single situation should be looked into. I feel like at this point, there will be a change in the way we process missing person cases, and automatically everything will be taken more seriously, but we have like five to six years before that happens. I hope it's sooner, but something will work in a small area and then it'll blow up bigger. Alerts and updates about this will become available for every case. If these police had taken action, we could have at least gotten ahead of the boyfriend and potentially caught him in the act. Instead, all of the evidence has been destroyed. Will this man ever get caught for his crime? I don't know if there will be justice anytime soon, but I feel like Joshua will end up getting a domestic charge at some point. There will be some concerns surrounding similar issues from a case with Kira Coles. I feel like the police will end up doing something in connection to having him as a suspect in the future again. And I feel like they can get some answers and get this case solved, but I feel like it depends on the police. I even feel like there is someone connected to Joshua, like a lawyer that he may even have in his back pocket to defend him as well. I feel like he's capable of killing someone again out of a fit of rage. So even those who date him, I'd be very careful. Kira is very angry that he just gets to do whatever the heck he wants. She says he lacks empathy and he has very little remorse for her passing, but she does haunt him daily. He hears it sometimes. He just pretends it doesn't happen. And she didn't exist, basically. And when people bring her up from the streets, he tries to brush it off quickly and he smokes something to make the panic and anxiety, uh, you know, go away. Does she have anything else to add? Her mother. That is her ride or die. Her day and night. She dedicated her life to calling these police departments and the boyfriend and speaking her truths and talking to the media and makes her heart happy that she shows her so much love. She sees all the sleepless nights and the work she's been doing and basically trying to get her daughter to come home. The countless hours on the phone looking for her too. She wants her mom to know that she and her son are with her often and giving her signs all over the place. What are the signs she leaves for her mother? She said that she listens to the I'll Be Missing You song quite often. She says, I send it often and I also drop a few of her items, mostly her hair products and hair accessories. She did her hair a lot, or her mom did her hair, but it was a thing between the two of them. She misses her friends and her family, the female cousins and a few of the boys, but mostly the female cousins, and she gets to watch them from afar. Does she have anything else she would like to add? One last thing. She says there are some audios out there of her singing and dancing, and she wants those videos and pictures to make their way to her mother so she can have those memories that she just wasn't a part of and burn all of the pictures of him in them. 
She said she's over him and she's with a friend of hers that also passed on a male. So she's happy and spending her time with him and maybe her grandmother too. Thank you for all that information on this case. Now I figured we would talk about our own personal experience off the streets. I remember when we were first in Buffalo, you had told me that the energy was older and they were spirits that were at least over 200 years or more around the area that we were staying at. One really interesting thing I can say about Buffalo is that the feeling of a lot of older spirits kind of hung around in the area that we were living in. And I have never experienced that before. There was like a very proud New York vibe from them too. Like Texas, New Yorkers also love being from New York. So they stick around on their turf. It's wild. I remember spooky ghost dogs all over the places with leashes and ghosts basically taking themselves for a walk. That's pretty wild, but I agree. Like, New Yorkers are like, we're like dedicated to our land. Like, this is ours. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Definitely. Imagine, I, <laughs> I can't imagine what your brain sees sometimes. It sees a lot of things I don't even say out loud because, uh, you know, it just seems crazy. Let's talk about the library story. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Landon and I didn't have much of anything in Buffalo and we wanted to expand our horizons. And since it was wintertime, we didn't really get to enjoy the brighter, happier side of Buffalo. So Landon and I were looking for some books to read, including books about enhancing my abilities for mediumship, ironically. I took Liz to the library called Frank E. Merriweather Jr. Uh, it's right on Jefferson Ave in Buffalo. I'm not sure if anyone knows anything about this area or not or about this specific library, but they celebrate Mark Twain at this one. I believe he had spent time there and there was something pretty historical behind it. When Landon and I went in, I felt this man's energy almost immediately as I walked up the large staircase and he was telling me I was his last hope and I need to get in touch with his great granddaughter or someone like that. I had no idea to how to even approach this situation. It just so happened to be a weekend where they were celebrating Mark Twain and his books. He is best known for Huckleberry Finn and everything in between. And Liz turned to me and said, this guy right here on this book is talking to me. I love freaking people out, <laughs> especially you. When it comes to my findings, you just take it all in in non-judgmental way. And it's nice to have you kind of thing. <laughs> I love it. I think it's interesting. So I just... I'm like, oh, okay, tell me more. <laughs> well, this spirit kept saying to me to go over to the computer, look up some details about his daughter. I was shocked and I was also unclear since he was at least 165 years old, at least at that point. When I started to do research at this library computer, I was able to see that he had one child, Clara. Now, Clara had a daughter named Nina and took a long secret to her grave. Susan Bailey had determined that he was basically her great-grandfather and he wanted me to basically confirm to her that that was in fact accurate she even wrote a book about it called the twain shall meet she explains her side and her findings and i was taken back i didn't know anything about mark twain let alone anything about his family and he asked me to reach out to her i remember you were flustered because you had no idea how to send this published author a message about him and what he would like to send off. I had suggested for her to look her up on Facebook since she felt like there was going to be a way to do this. Liz also had a lot more insecurities in 2019 about providing messages based on people's reactions. 
Yes, it's great when people read the message in a nice way, but I also have approached people in the past who didn't really like the message I was giving them. I remember how afraid you used to be about it too, and I also know that your abilities for mediumship readings have far surpassed where you were with mediumship readings back then in 2019. Uh, that is true. And once we get back, I'll be doing more of these types of readings. So if you see me, <laughs> I may be coming for you. Anyways, I ended up finding Susan Bailey on Facebook and I sent her a message and I'll read it to you guys. This was sent on November 27th, 2019. And she ended up responding back to me November 30th of 2019. Here's the message we sent back and forth. Hi there, my name is Liz and I am a psychic medium. I was at a library in Buffalo, New York, and Mark Twain, who must have multiple connections here, asked me to reach out to you. He wanted you to know that you are 100% right. Not only are you his biological family, you are welcome to it. And that everyone should be treating you the way you should be treated. He also wants you to know that there were a lot of things that took place in your family life and he was not the best parent, but he wanted you to know that he loves you and he does visit you often. So she wrote back, thank you so much for this information. I have dreams when we're together. I'm like, that is awesome. Thank you for that. He really is a great, powerful man, even beyond the grave. She goes, yeah, today is his 184th birthday. So the day that she got the damn message was on his birthday. That is crazy. Right? I didn't even realize that. <laughs> his books are still selling and he has a lot of influence. I wrote, well, that's amazing. Even more amazing. I absolutely love hearing this. Thank you. So his one book, Huckleberry Finn, is actually uh, on a list in like the schools in Buffalo specifically for like reading. Like we have to read and do a report on that book. That is crazy. <laughs> well... She was great. I felt fantastic. I was able to make that difference and validate someone who had been crying out basically so hard for her great grandfather to reach out to me. So that was really cool. It was cool to see how it all unfolded. I remember you even made a YouTube video about it. Yes, I did, since it was so cool. Before we let you guys go for the evening, I wanted to announce a few things. Firstly, we found a better way for stories to be shared with cases you would like us to work on so that I can also monitor it. We have made a Facebook group strictly based on missing person cases, same logo, and you can even be part of the questions we ask the spirits. Yes, with the last episode in the exclusive side of the podcast, we used a few questions from some of our fans, so I highly recommend joining us there. Yes, the next thing I wanted to mention is that we will be covering Notorious B.I.G. on the exclusive side of Podbean, Make sure to listen to the Joshua Davis episode to get instructions on how to become part of the exclusive side. And there you will have access to all the episodes like John Bonet, Ramsey, Summer Wells, Tupac, and much more to come. We even have a few episodes about us and our own life. The following week, we will be covering episode number 15, which will be the Bradley sisters. So make sure to stay tuned. Until next time, guys, stay freaked out out.